This is Ned Ryan, and welcome to episode 34 of the Ned Ryan Podcast. In light of the recent hearings for Amy Coney Barrett, obviously for the Supreme Court, and filling uh, the seat vacated by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there's been the issue that has come up uh, quite a bit, actually, not only in presidential debates, vice presidential debates, questions on the campaign trail, about the issue of court packing. And many Democrats are either openly discussing, subtly hinting at, or even refusing to answer whether they uh, intend to pack the Supreme Court with liberal justices as retribution. But let's be honest, I mean, they've been talking about doing this for quite some time, actually. I mean, this was an issue in which multiple candidates in the presidential, Democratic presidential primary for 2020 last year were talking about adding Supreme Court justices to the Supreme Court. So are they going to do this if they win the Senate and the presidency this fall? So I think we need to take a look at what they've actually said, uh, obviously what their plans reveal. Um, Again, despite the unpopularity of this, this is not a popular issue with the American people. And again, it would be nothing short of a power grab that would threaten fundamental constitutional rights, would throw off the balance of power, would truly make, even though it's kind of headed that way, Anyway, for decades, it would truly make the Supreme Court a super legislative body. It would not be a judicial body. It would be a legislative body um, run by uh, people that will be there for the duration of their life, right? So, you know, there's, there's obviously – this has been attempted before uh, by FDR back in 1937. But you know just because of their – refusal to actually answer some of these questions, primarily Joe Biden, they're planning on it. The, 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 the response to this shows clearly what they hope to do. But it's also not only the threats to our constitutional system, but also there's just a lot of fundamental issues that are at stake, whether it's abortion, immigration, gun rights, free speech, religious freedom. They hope to completely and fundamentally change this country. And they're tired. The point I made in a recent op-ed at American Greatness is that Democrats are done with democracy. Right, they truly are, and even though they control most of the major institutions, whether it's Hollywood or higher education, this administrative state, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, clearly the peasants have not responded quickly enough to what they have been told to do by their betters, and the mask is dropping. And Democrats have decided we've been hollowing out the republic for the last hundred years with our administrative state. Clearly, this is not moving as quickly as we want it to. Time for the peasants to submit, and they fully intend to do that. I mean, one of the real uh, – I've discussed this before, but just to remind you, all of the things that they are discussing, whether it's court packing, whether it's adding statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico, whether it's removing the legislative filibuster, whether it's decriminalizing illegal border crossings, which is de facto open borders, all of these things are meant to fundamentally transform this country into one-party rule – to advance their wish list of far-left ideas, whether it's unlimited immigration, the Green New Deal, you name it. And packing the courts is obviously a fundamental part of this. So the question is, um, if, if this is what they intend, why aren't they being honest about it? Because it's politically unpopular. There was an interesting Rasmussen poll earlier this – no, actually it was last year's March. It was spring of 2019 – Only 27% 
of likely voters favored increasing the number of Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court, uh, 51% opposed. So basically by a margin of two to one, uh, people oppose the idea of adding justices. And, and let's be clear, you know, I'll probably discuss this some more later, but Democrats, with their help, help from their propagandists in the media, whether it was AP or others, uh, decided to try and change in a very Orwellian fashion the definition of court packing. Court packing is simply this. It is not filling in vacancies on the federal judiciary by the president and the Senate. That is the constitutional right of both bodies for the president, the duly elected president to nominate and for the Senate to confirm said justices for vacancies that are already on the books, right? There's not, there, there are no new openings, uh, addition to the numbers of federal judicial, uh, federal judges. This is simply fulfilling the constitutional right to fill vacancies of the already preordained and agreed upon number of judges on the federal bench. All right. That's, so what Democrats have done is try to say that's court packing. It's bizarre. It's stupid. Uh, but it is an attempt to muddy the waters. What court packing actually is, is saying <clears throat> for the last hundred and, I can't remember, if well over a hundred years, right? The Supreme Court has been nine justices. What they want to do, Democrats, they want to say, we are going to say the Supreme Court is now 11 justices or 15 justices. They want to add two to six new seats on the Supreme Court. And again, they want to stack it with their people. They think they get four more votes in the Senate from a D.C. and Puerto Rico that are new states. They remove the legislative fill. They've got this all worked out. And they think if they do that, then they'll have, they'll control the Supreme Court for decades, generations. And there will never be uh, an ability to dislodge them. That's what core packing is. Adding new positions to the federal bench, especially the Supreme Court. So if you see some new ones coming out, that was last year. Washington Examiner had something that came out recently in Americans, again, opposed court packing by a 54 to 35 margin uh, in this article at the Washington Examiner, according to Mason Dixon polling a strategy. Same poll found that only 30% of Americans thought that judicial nominees should be questioned about their religious beliefs during confirmation. 62% said they shouldn't, and 8% were unsure. YouGov, America, and Yahoo News, beginning of October, it was actually the second week of October of this year, found that only 21% of Americans want to increase the number of justices on the Supreme Court. 46% oppose this move. In that same poll, by the way, 44 to 40 Americans favored confirming Amy Coney Barrett to Supreme Court. This all will say the numbers hold firm. Whether it was last year's polls, this year's polls, by a two-to-one margin, Americans oppose adding new seats on the Supreme Court. So what has been the response of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Well, Biden, his response is voters don't deserve to know if he's going to pack the court. And this all happened when he was out in Vegas recently. Um, KTNV Las Vegas reporter Ross DeMatti asked Biden the following in a recent interview. Sir, I've got to ask you about the packing of the courts. And I know you said yesterday you weren't going to answer the question until after the election. Again, what a shocking thing that Biden would even say that and we all act like this is normal. It's not normal. This is a big issue. 
And he basically is telling the American voters, screw you, you'll find out what I believe after you have voted for me. That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. But he said that. And then the next day, he's asked by this Vegas reporter, you're not going to answer the question after the election, but this is the number one thing I've been asked about from viewers in the past couple of days. So people are watching. Again, the American voters want to know, are you going to pack the court or not? And it is a big issue. Biden responded, well, you've been asked by your viewers, who are probably Republicans, who don't want me continuing to talk about what they're going to do to the court right now, as if only Republicans should care about the independence of the court, whatever. Dematic, well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? Biden, no, they don't deserve to. The arrogance. I mean, this really is, if you were to look at a corrupt member of the ruling class, and I'm not going to talk about the Hunter Biden emails today, which I do think are real, which I do think show a systematic corruption and influence peddling, in which I really do think that uh, Joe Biden was using, this happens all the time, by the way, there's influence peddling all the time where family members are used as a backdoor to the elected official. I do. Until proven wrong, uh, I actually believe that Hunter Biden's emails um, do show a pattern of corruption by the Biden family. And this arrogance of, you don't deserve to know what I, I believe. You'll do what I say. Uh, you don't deserve anything at all. I am a member of the ruling class and I don't take hard questions. So then look at what Kamala Harris did when Vice President Mike Pence did a phenomenal job, unlike the moderator, of really prosecuting the issue of, are you going to pack the Supreme Court, yes or no? And she kept on dodging and spinning and she refused to answer the question, which again, the the refusal to answer that in the debate um, and, by the way, Kamala Harris's refusal to answer the question interview with CNN's Jake Tapper, the refusal is obvious, right? The non-answer is the answer, which indicates their support for the proposal. They just don't want to talk about it because, of course, they know it's a very unpopular view with the American electorate. So shortly after Justice Ginsburg's death, Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey tweeted, Mitch McConnell set the president, no Supreme Court vacancies, fills an election year if he violates it. Then when Democrats control the Senate in the next Congress, we must abolish the filibuster and expand the Supreme Court. First of all, that's not even the McConnell rule that he's supposedly talking about. That's not how it works. What McConnell said in 2016 with Merrick Garland is, if one party controls the White House, which Democrats did with Obama, and the other party controls the Senate, which Republicans did with Mitch McConnell and a majority, there aren't going to be Supreme Court hearings and confirmations in an election year. Just how it works. The McConnell rule does not apply in this situation. As though, by the way, any arbitrary rule should supersede the Constitution, but that's another point. Mitch McConnell has made it clear both parties, uh, both the White House and the Senate are controlled by the same party, Republican Party. Therefore, it doesn't, the McConnell rule doesn't even apply in this situation. But Ed Markey, of course, being dishonest, is, is trying to muddy the waters. On a conference call with Senate Democrats on Saturday, September 19th, uh, Chuck Schumer stated, if Leader McConnell and the Senate Republicans move forward that, with this, then nothing is off the table next year. Again, it's not an explicit endorsement of court packing, just a subtle nod, but you, you know where they're headed. And in case you don't know where they're headed, uh, in an article at Time magazine, shortly after Ginsburg's passing, uh, Massachusetts Representative Joe Kennedy noted, 
if Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell holds a vote in 2020 to fill the vacancy, we will pack the court in 2021. Former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm and House Judiciary Chairman Jared Nadler, Jerry Nadler have also endorsed the idea. Rebecca Katz, a Democratic progressive strategist, noted that these are things professors and others have talked about for years in terms of fixing our democracy. It would not fix our democracy, by the way. It would annihilate it. Ranging from the end of the filibuster to expanding the court to abolishing the Electoral College. These are not academic issues anymore. Let me be clear. All three of those things, ending the legislative filibuster, expanding the courts, and abolishing the Electoral College would annihilate the Constitutional Republic, the machinery of the Republic. These things were put in place very specifically to help uh, put checks and balances on power to keep the balance of power between the three branches, to allow the small states to have an equal voice, Uh, in the governing of this republic. This isn't about fixing our democracy. This is about annihilating the republic and ultimately ending democracy. Democrats are done with democracy. They find it inconvenient. They find it messy. They find it too slow for their progress. Therefore, they want to do away with these things that have been the separation and diffusion of power, which the founders intended, which which has kept America free, which has kept us prosperous. To do anything to annihilate these things is, of course, to end it all. And they're being open about it, which is good. At least it's refreshing. They're not trying to masquerade anyway and acting like they really care about it. They've always hated it. Back from you know Woodrow Wilson to today, progressives have always resented the balance of power and the diffusion of power because it's so inconvenient. By God, we've got the best ideas and you peasants will understand that you will do it our way. We're only trying to be of help. Uh, The Time article states that the majority of Democrats, including Joe Biden, are squarely in the mainstream camp, arguing that Democrats' electoral success lies in leveraging Americans' anxiety over the current makeup of the Supreme Court by pointing out ways that a conservative bench might pass down rulings that negatively affect voters' access to care. A senior Democratic Senate staffer who requested anonymity to speak candidly said focus Focusing on court packing is simply galvanizing Republican voters. It looks and sounds like exactly what Republicans are able to exercise their base about. Rampant Democratic overreach on everything. Their base loves it and will eat it up. While establishmentarian Democrats may want to refocus the debate away from court packing towards health care, it's of course going to be nothing more than a strategic ploy. If the tactic proves successful at the ballot box then Democratic senators may interpret their electoral victory as a mandate to expand the Supreme Court. Even though such a plan would be against the wishes of moderate swing voters that push them to victory, such a mentality in action can be inferred from the examples given in the next article, which is from the Daily Beast. The article states another faction of Senate Democrats, composed mainly of moderates, felt that members should stay squarely focused on the implications that the confirmation would have on health care, arguing that the public, especially in key swing states, would be moved by fears that a new court, and even the current eight-member one, could allow for the full destruction of the Affordable Care Act. I just wrote a piece that should be coming out this week at American Greatness. Virtually on every issue regarding health care, Democrats are lying. Well, Republicans want to do away with the Affordable Care Act. Amy Coney Barrett will overturn it and declare it unconstitutional. 
Well, guess who really wants to overturn the Affordable Care Act? Democrats. They want it done away with because they want universal health care, Medicare for all, and the ACA is in their way. So anytime they open their mouths about any of this, they're lying because they want to do with the AC, do away with the ACA because it's inconvenient to them. And ultimately, their goal has always been universal health care, um, socialist health care. ACA is, is, even though it's a disaster, it's not that. And they know it. Everybody knows it. But that's not what they want. One anonymous Senate Democratic aide has noted in the article, noted important loophole in Democrats' court packing plan. Court packing is an obvious concern because we've just given McConnell the basis and moral authority to do it himself. Suddenly, it's an 8-3 conservative court. And I've seen this argued from some conservatives. Well, if this is how you're going to play the game, who's to say we won't do it in return? Of course, we're not going to. I would hope we don't, right? This is about the balance of the Constitutional Republic in which we have always, for nearly a century and a half, uh, agreed the Supreme Court will be non-justices. It's a balance that we have agreed upon. Unless there's a real debate and a conversation about expanding the court, um, it's something that should be avoided at all costs. But at least some Democrats realize, what if we don't win the White House? What if we don't win the Senate? What if they decide? Because again, remember, the judicial filibuster is gone. What if they decide they're going to ram through and add more seats to the Supreme Court in just desserts back to the Democratic Party. In an interview with the Daily Beast, Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse stated, I would say that if Senate Republicans go ahead as they have threatened, they should expect to forfeit any standing to complain in a Democratic-controlled Senate. You can't have a situation in which rules, tradition, and traditions and precedents don't matter. When Republicans are in charge, but they get to blow the whistle if we violate these things when we are in charge. There are a lot of options here, and I don't want to lock in on one. All right, whatever, dude. I, I've Quite frankly, I've, I don't know if there's a dumber member of judiciary until Maisie Hirano opens her mouth and you realize, oh, there is. But White House is one of the dumbest members of judiciary. Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz has said, we have to learn how to take one battle at a time. We have to try and win this one if we can, which, by the way, they're not going to. Amy Coney Barrett will be confirmed, I guarantee it. And then we'll evaluate. uh, And then failing that, we'll have to win the Senate and the presidency, and then we'll evaluate our options. He added, I think we know we have the high ground and we're not going to cede it. They don't have high ground on any level. Uh, And we're not going to be baited into hypotheticals about next spring. That's what the Republicans want us to talk about. There's a live crime being committed, and they want to talk about what we will do in six months and make a bunch of accusations so that it seems like both sides are performing the procedural violence. They have committed violence on the Republic for a century. This is just another example, uh, again, of, of... Democrats' overarching plan to delegitimize the courts so they can claim the court packing is justified and necessary. I mean, literally, you're seeing this in the press. You're seeing it on TV. Well, for us to really... Even Chris Coons, another Democratic dumbass senator, said, well, for us to really balance out the uh, the federal judiciary and bring balance once again to, to our federal government, we're probably going to have to add seats to the Supreme Court. Whatever. Uh, Cruz has warned, Ted Cruz... Uh, radical Democrats are not going to push back against Biden packing Supreme Court. So he did this again with my favorite Fox News host, Tucker Carlson. 
uh, Cruz was on and he called the Democratic charade, charade, however you want to pronounce it, for what it is. It's a radical attempt to fundamentally transform the judiciary by packing the courts while not openly disclosing their intentions ahead of time in fear of retaliation at the polls. You know, he said in the interview, today's histrionics were all about setting the predicate to pack the court. There's a reason Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris refused to answer that question because their answer is yes. Of course it's yes. They intend to pack the court. They intend it as a partisan power grab. They know that it's not popular with voters, so they're trying to hide it. And part of the way they're trying to hide it is to claim everything else is illegitimate. And they're trying also to redefine what packing the court means. So they're saying nominating judges where there are vacancies and confirming them, suddenly that's packing the court. Again, as I pointed out earlier, AP's trying to make this argument. Uh, other, other propagandists in the media were trying to change the definition. All in an attempt to muddy the waters and not let the American people know this is exactly what they intend. So Cruz went on to say in his interview with Tucker, Democrats are more radical than ever, which they are. They are far left. Far left is not... The far left is, I think, completely taken over the Democratic Party. Uh, and if you think, well, Joe Biden's moderate. Joe Biden is an empty husk. He is a weak, tired, semi-senile old man who is corrupt. He is a useful idiot for the far left. They think that they can use him as a Trojan horse to get real power. Again, I don't think he even lasts the first year. God forbid they get elected. Kamala Harris will be president before end of the year, right? I mean, the whole 25th Amendment stuff that Nancy Pelosi started beating the drum about has nothing to do with Trump. It has everything to do about removing Joe Biden, should he get elected, and putting Kamala Harris in as president. And it'll happen within the first year. Guaranteed. I put money on it. But again, that's only if they win. God forbid they win. So, uh, again, the leftist Democrats, they want to eliminate the legislative filibuster. Cruz said, of course, we know that. Admit uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico into the Union of States, and then cement their power indefinitely, maybe permanently. I would also add, and just ask yourself for a moment, if they have all these things and they pack the court and they remove the legislative filibuster and they add two blue states and they decriminalize illegal immigration and they make universal mail-in ballots between that and the governors and the secretary of state, Democrats at the state level, you would never have free and fair elections again. You would have one-party rule. The republic is over. So Ted Cruz finished by saying, I think every Senate Democrat is in on the joke, and they know it. So as I've mentioned, um, AP, Breitbart wrote a piece on this. Associated Press redefines packing the court as depoliticizing it. Are you freaking kidding? This is how disingenuous and dishonest many of our press have become. So the mainstream press is, of course, assisting their comrades in arms, uh, the Democrats, in trying to redefine what court packing is. It's completely Orwellian. Uh, they're doing it as a pretext for delegitimizing the current Supreme Court and subsequently packing the court. Well, Republicans broke the court by uh, nominating and confirming a justice uh, in a presidential election year, which, by the way, now the majority of presidents, literally 23 of the 45, have nominated a just Supreme Court justice in a presidential election year. Okay, so the majority of presidents have done this. This is not broken. It's just how the Constitution works. It's how the process works. But the little spoiled children on the left 
want to change the rules. They want to change the rules in the middle of the game because they don't like how the game's being played. Uh, in response to Montana governor and Democratic Senate candidate Steve Bullock's willingness to expand the court, the Associated Press wrote, Bullock said that if Coney Barrett was confirmed, he would be open to measures to depoliticize the court, including adding judges to the bench, a practice critics have de- dubbed packing the courts. It's not critics, it just is. The AP later updated its article, even though the damage had already been done, by saying, to make clear that it is Bullock's opinion rather than a fact that adding justices to the Supreme Court would depoliticize the court. God, they're so dishonest. I mean, I, I, I say this having interacted with these people, reporters on the left and commentators and TV talking heads. They are absolutely the enemy of the truth. They are the enemy of the truth, and therefore they are the enemy of the people because they are attempting to keep the American people in the dark. Left-winger Josh Marshall, Marshall built upon this Orwellian redefinition of terms by tweeting, any Democrat who uses the term court packing to describe expanding the number of seats on the Supreme Court should be smacked upside the head. This is not only idiotic politics. More importantly, it is wrong, incorrect, not what anyone is proposing. Yes, they are. Again, dishonest hacks. So Mike Lee, who I have problems with sometimes, especially in regards to the big tech, he's kind of a sellout on that, um, went off on this issue. Uh, During the Barrett hearings, Mike Lee made some important points. Uh, There are nonetheless good prudential reasons having to do with respect for the separation of powers between the three branches of government. Reasons that over the last 150 plus years left us to leave that number at nine. In recent days, I've seen some of the media and some of this body try to redefine what it means to pack the court. Some have suggested, well, court packing takes various forms and it can mean confirming a lot of people all at once. Some have defined it so as to suggest that that it consists of what the Trump administration, Republican Senate have been doing over the past three and a half years which is filling vacancies as they have arisen and doing it with textualist, originalist judges. This may not be something that some like, but this is not court packing. Court packing is itself manipulative. It's something that has great danger to do immense political and constitutional harm towards this mode of government, in part because it would set up a one-party racket. On court packing, Lee added, you end up increasing it Incrementally, before long, it looks like the Senate in Star Wars, where you've got hundreds of people on there. Which is a great point. Why on earth would you stop at 11? Why would you stop at 15? Why wouldn't you go to 21? Why wouldn't you go to 31, 33, 53, 103? I mean, there's literally, once you have broken precedent, what's to prevent you from making it almost as though, like Mike Lee says, a much larger body than was ever originally envisioned? Lee noted that packing the court would threaten fundamental constitutional rights, such as freedom of religion and free speech, which may be unpopular at times with the ever-changing whims of the majority of the population, but it has to be protected nonetheless. He then referenced a 1983 speech by then-Senator Joe Biden openly disagreeing with the idea of court packing. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his rights to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct. But it was a boneheaded idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make. 
and it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So that was Joe Biden, you know, almost 40 years ago, making this point that at the height of his popularity, FDR tried to pack the court in 1937. Why? Because the Supreme Court was overturning a lot of his New Deal uh, proposals because they were unconstitutional. So his response was, well, let's make 15 Supreme Court justices. I'll put them all, all my justices on the Supreme Court and they will rubber stamp my New Deal proposals. It blew up in his face, right? It didn't happen because, again, the American people were adamantly opposed to it. Joe Biden described court packing as a power grab in 2005. In another Senate speech, Joe Biden said the following. This particular example, the Senate's resolve, is instructive to today's debates. So let me describe in some detail. In the summer of 1937, Roosevelt had just come off a landslide victory over Alf Landon. He had a Congress made up of solid New Dealers, but the nine old men of the court were thwarting his agenda. In this environment, Roosevelt, I remember this old adage about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, corrupted by power, in my view, unveiled his court-packing plan. He wanted to increase the number of justices to 15, allowing himself to nominate those additional judges. It took an act of courage on the part of his own party institutionally to stand up against this power grab. As recently as 2019, Biden said that Democrats would rue the day that they packed the Supreme Court. But we've got to be clear on this. This is something they're saying, well, if you, if you, can, if you nominate and confirm Amy Coney Barrett before the 2020 elections, there will be price to pay for this. They've been talking about this for a long time. Back in August of 2019, Sheldon Whitehouse filed an amicus brief, which is a friend of the court legal brief, at the Supreme Court uh, on Monday. This is August. This is reported by Breitbart back in August of 2019. Joined by fellow left-wing partisans Richard Blumenthal, Maisie Hirano, Richard Durbin, and then-presidential candidate Kirsten Gillibrand, demanding that Supreme Court back out of a case over the most restrictive gun control laws in America. The senator stated that a growing majority of Americans believe this court is motivated mainly by politics, where the justices decide cases by means of bare partisan majorities. They told the court to either heal itself or face restructuring when Democrats take back power. Uh, Breitbart noted that the New York City law requires a gun owner to register every firearm and to keep it in their primary residence, with the sole exception being to travel to a police-approved shooting range for practice. It's a crime to take a gun out of the registered address for any other reason, even if unloaded in the trunk of a car, even if the owner merely seeks to take his or her gun to a second home outside city limits. New York City, in order to prevent a Supreme Court decision they would deem both broad and unwelcome, repealed the law during judicial proceedings. Accordingly, Justices Kavanaugh and Roberts joined with the four liberals on the court to turn away the case after this development. This decision may be interpreted as vindicating democratic threats against the judiciary, which will incentivize more threats to sway the justices to vote a certain way. Let's look at some of the outside groups. Liberal groups, as Breitbart has reported, such as Take Back the Court, Demand Justice, the Progressive Change Institute, Demand Progress, the Sunrise Movement, which is rallying support for the Green New Deal, Hero Action Fund, Presente.org, Friends of the Earth, 
350.org all signed a letter this past summer advocating for Democrats if they gained the White House and Senate to add two seats to the Supreme Court. At the time, this would have given liberals a 6-5 to five majority on the court. The letter stated the following. The activist conservatives who control the Supreme Court are posed to trample existing rights from reproductive freedom to LGBTQ rights and to block any significant progressive legislation in the future on urgent cases from climate change to health care to gun safety. The Supreme Court threatens to make it virtually impossible for progressives to enact the progressive policies supported by a clear majority of Americans, which is a lie. Uh, this problem won't go away on its own. The fastest, most effective way to reverse the Republican theft of the Supreme Court. These people are crazy, all right? But there's a lot of them, right? These people represent a significant percentage of the Democratic Party these days. They are the base. They are influencing their elected officials. They're crazy. They have no idea, nor do they care to have an idea, about how the Constitution is supposed to work. All they want is power, and they want power to advance their crazy ideas. Fastest way to reverse Republican theft of the Supreme Court and to make the court representative of all Americans is to enact legislation increasing the size of the court by at least two seats and to quickly fill those seats with justices who will safeguard our democracy. They don't know the first thing about democracy. They don't know the first thing about the Constitution. They have no idea how a republic is supposed to work. But this is what you get when you have indoctrination centers of higher learning. Generations of young people have lost their minds because they've been indoctrinated with far-left, un-American ideas that have nothing to do with the same ideals promoted and put in place in the machinery of the republic by our founders. We are now seeing the ultimate end of the left winning and controlling the higher education in this country and the K-12. You get idiocy like this. During the 2020 Democratic primary, both Little Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg and Beto Robert O'Rourke favored differing court packing schemes with Buttigieg, Judge, whatever his name is, wanting to increase the size of the court to 14 justices and O'Rourke to 15. Kamala Harris even said that she was open to the idea in an interview with the Washington Post. So Carrie Severino of Judicial Crisis Network uh, wrote at Breitbart in June of this year, saying, if Democrats succeed in packing the court, then they will have the rock-solid majority on the Supreme Court that will rubber stamp any liberal policy. There will be no checks on unconstitutional actions. The court will not be a backstop or a constitutional check, but actually an aggressive agent for change. That's what the left wants. So a Supreme Court packed with radical leftist judicial activists would rubber stamp the far left agenda across the board. This is not, this is obvious, right? Regardless of the constitutionality of the policies, the court would function as a makeshift third branch of Congress instead of an independent third branch of government. And this is what they hope would happen if they packed the court. It would just automatically approve all the far-reaching measures of the left, such as the Green New Deal, Medicare for All, reparations, executive overreach, abolition of many states' valid voter requirements, again, voter ID and regularly updating voter rolls. Uh, Additionally, a packed court would cut off any possibility that Roe v. Wade, uh, Obergefell v. Hodges would be overturned, Obamacare would be struck down. Most detrimental of all, a packed Supreme Court would overturn past decisions with major implications that were decided by and on an originalist constitutional basis. These cases 
offer a broad range, cover a broad range of topics, and they were all decided on a narrow five to four basis, with conservatives again in the slim majority. On abortion, Webster versus Reproductive Health Services, which upheld the ability of states to ban taxpayer-funded abortions. Gonzalez versus Carhartt upheld the 2003 Federal Partial Birth Abortion Ban. The National Institute of Family and Life Advocates versus Becerra struck down California's FACT Act, which required pro-life pregnancy resource centers to refer their patients to abortion clinics. This case also had major implications on free speech and religious freedom. Of course, gun rights. Columbia versus Heller struck down D.C.'s handgun ban. McDonald versus City of Chicago applied the legal reasoning of Heller to states holding that blanket gun bans are illegal throughout the United States. On the issue of big labor and employee rights, Janus versus American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, public sector unions throughout the United States cannot collect union dues from non-union members. On the issue of free speech and political donations, obviously we've got Citizens United versus the FEC. It struck down the 2002 Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act, which prohibited companies and labor unions from making election-related communication within 30 days of a primary or 60 days of a general election. Also hold that there can be no monetary limit on independent campaign expenditures coming from either corporations or labor unions. Religious freedom and expression, Burwell versus Hobby Lobby, Religious companies are exempted from Obamacare's contraception mandate. Little Sisters of the Poor, Saints, Peter and Paul, Home versus Pennsylvania. Trump administration was given the authority to provide a religious exemption to groups such as the Little Sisters of the Poor to Obama's contraception mandate. On the issue of immigration, they would look at Jennings versus Rodriguez, which denied that illegal immigrants have the right to periodic bond hearings. Barton versus Barr, a lawful permanent resident who commits a serious crime within the first seven years of their residence in the U.S., United States, is unable to stop their pending deportation. The Heritage Foundation, who I'm not a fan of, by the way, but in all fairness, they wrote a nice piece on why court packing would be devastating to our republic. America's founders sought to separate the judiciary from politics. Court packing deliberately brings them together. Failure to end debate is a filibuster. The filibuster has been part of the Senate's legislative process since the turn of the 19th century. Packing the court will only ever yield short-term political victories at the cost of the long-term health of our republic. Agreed. The article also states keeping the judiciary separate from manipulation by the political branches was one of the reasons for American independence from Great Britain. Chief Justice William Rehnquist once described judicial independence as the crown jewel of our system of governments. Except for five years during the Civil War period, the number of justices on the Supreme Court has been fixed at nine since 1837 and without interruption since 1869. In a 2019 NPR interview, Justice Ginsburg herself stated that nine seems to be a good number for Supreme Court justices and opposed any attempts at court packing because such efforts would threaten the safeguards for judicial independence, which are as great or greater than any place else in the world. The article goes on to say that as abolishing the filibuster would undermine the Senate's role as a careful, deliberating body, packing the court would undermine its independence, and together these tactics would change the nature of our constitutional government. 
With the court's independence gone, it would take on an even larger role in deciding fraught political questions than it does now. The temptation for a successive president whose party enjoys majority control in the House and Senate to pack the court further would likely be irresistible. In a short time, the judiciary would largely supplant Congress as the chief legislative body. Legislative and constitutional questions would be decided, undecided, and redecided with every swing of the electoral pendulum. No government so unstable could last. Those are the words of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, explaining why packing the court would be such a terrible idea. And if a liberal leftist justice like Ginsburg understands the fundamental problem with court packing, we should as well. Everybody should as well. She knows it. Many of the left are trying to push it, but she even disagreed with them and said this is a terrible idea. But this is one of the issues that's at stake. This fall, this November 3rd, just two weeks from today, this is one of the big issues. Democrats are done with democracy. If they win the White House and the Senate, they will pursue everything that they can to have one party rule for generations, if not for the rest of the history of this country. They're not interested in dissent. They're not interested in differences of opinions. They are bound in intent on actually pushing through their far-left agenda, and they will do anything and everything in this pursuit of power to actually achieve those goals. Their lust for power is insatiable. They have to be beaten and sent into the political wilderness, and I hope we do it on November 3rd.